and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Dave Dunning, and with me to talk about whether a nil-nil draw at Old Trafford is a good result or an opportunity missed, and take a little brief glance forward to Watford Wednesday night, I have Tengis Gokri and Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Uh, Tengis, how are you doing tonight? Hanging in there, Dave, hanging in there. <laughs> Yeah, I think we all are. I think there's been a few heavy weekends around, so I think there's a few people hanging in there in more ways than one at the moment. Um, and speaking of hangovers, Chief, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm just about getting back to normal now. Um, but yeah, hanging in, as you say, and plenty to talk about um, in the game and uh, yeah, in general. But um, yeah, just, just about sort of picking up the pieces and, and starting to feel human again. All right, good, good. Well... No, no, Old Trafford, really strange sort of game. Injuries, selections, but realistically on the pitch, it was a bit of a non-event. Sengis, what did you think of the, the selection to start with? You know, Milner comes in at right back. We talked last week about, you know, how he likes to get Milner and Henderson on the pitch one way or another. But we kind of guessed our midfields, which were any number of 450 different permutations. And then... No, Naby Keita. So, what did you think? What do you think Klopp's thinking was behind it, and how do you think it, how do you think it helped us in the pits or hindered maybe? Oh, well, it's great that we're having this chat right now because I have a lot to get out get off my chest. Like, um, well, I, I think I think Klopp got a few things wrong in this game. Actually, um, the 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 biggest mistake which I thought was uh, was that there was no Trent. He was on the bench. Um, he obviously goes for Milner, and um, uh, before the game, I was always saying that I would like to see Milner uh, play in this game, but I wanted to see him play in midfield because in today's game, to be able to play fullback, I mean, you really need to be going up and down the pitch. And I mean, his work rate is already high, but you know, if, if he's playing right back, then he would need to drop back even more and then get forward and try and put the balls in and. You know, it was always going to be tough for Milner to play at right back um, at Old Trafford. Um, I mean, it was it was okay. Maybe you could understand um, Klopp going cautious and uh, starting Milner at right back, but you would expect to see Trent uh, come on at some point if needed. You know, I thought the game was calling out for him. But yeah, uh, secondly, I thought bringing on Sturridge um, for seventy uh, odd minutes uh, to play. I mean. I, I thought that was a very weird decision, you know. Um, Sturridge hasn't scored since September, and um, he he never really did look like scoring every time he's had a, a cameo in the uh, last couple of games. And I thought, you know, even though he, he's classed as uh, one of our best finishers, or used to be classed as one of our best finishers, I, I'd still have Origi uh, ahead of him. I think you agree with me, Dave, on that. Um, and... Um, I, I would have rather Shaq came on earlier. I certainly th- uh, think that he merited um, starting since he scored the two goals after coming on at Anfield against Man United. So um, it would have been nice to maybe play Salah up top and bring Shaq in a bit earlier and then possibly Naby Keita later on. But um, it just didn't happen. And one one more uh, thing which I realized... Um, uh, which we're doing wrong was that we we're always going down the right. We were insisting on uh, trying to get Milner to put a, a cross in, whereas Robertson, I mean, uh, Man United were mainly playing um, in a in a four four two diamond, but uh, Lukaku was on the uh, was playing on the right side of the striker, and he was actually dropping to the wing quite a lot. So Robertson was having to mark him quite a bit. 
However, we, we never went down the left side. Mane and Robertson were just like completely left out of the game. And we kept on bombing down the right and trying to do the same things over and over again. So that was very disappointing. Um, obviously, losing Bobby didn't help at all. And, you know, it just shows um, how big a player he is for us. And, um, you know, obviously, Man United got the three injuries in the first half. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I wish they didn't have any of the injuries because that totally disrupted, that killed the first half. Uh, we got only four minutes anyway, which I thought it, it should have been, you know, at least six or seven. And, um, you know, the, the first half just got wasted with injuries. Um, and second half, we just never found our rhythm. Um, so in the end, you know, we're still top of the league by one point and, I, it, it wasn't bad yesterday, you know, we were still kind of in a good mood, but, and usually it happens the other way around, like I, I feel bad after we drop points and then the next day I feel better, but this time it's kind of the opposite, like yesterday I was kind of okay, and then now it's really starting to feel like points dropped, uh, because we, we should have taken advantage, just like how uh, we were saying that, you know, Bayern um, should have taken their chance and scored with Van Dijk missing and whatnot, so uh, the same kind of applies to us, uh, that's why it kind of feels like uh, points drop, but nevertheless, uh, we're still top of the league, and um, we have very similar kind of fixtures. Um, left with City, you know, we we both play Spurs at home. Uh, they still have to play Man United away, um, and we play um, Chelsea at home. Um, but apart from that, um, the rest are mainly more winnable fixtures, if you like. So we're gonna have to be toe-to-toe and uh, unfortunately it seems like we have absolutely no margin for error anymore yeah and I think if, if we probably look back to the start of the season I think we always knew in the back of our heads that it was going to be like that but it still feels like where we could have been it's another opportunity missed and we just seem to be being pegged back slowly but surely these last few weeks certainly um, but Chief, you know, Firmino's an enforced change after about a half an hour. Um, so that that's kind of forced Klopp's hand, certainly to make a change, maybe not necessarily the change that he made. But 21 minutes gone, Pereira comes on for Herrera, who the last time I saw him play, I can't remember who it was against, maybe Burnley, and he looked awful. Um, Lingard comes on for Mana, who's hobbling about but still manages to tackle Mo Salah at the edge of the box. And then just before half time, Lingard himself gets injured as Allison makes a great save. And Sanchez comes on, and with the midfield there um, of McTominay and Pereira, do you think Klopp could have done more to force the issue? Yeah. Um... And yeah, what do you think? What do you think he should have done? Let's be honest. Yes, he fucking should have done more to force the issue. I think we yeah. all think that. So what did you? What would you have liked to have seen? Well, it's difficult. It's you know, it's difficult. You know, not not to just be be looking through uh, through hindsight here or rear facing goggles. But I mean, I suppose the first thing to say is of all the players on the pitch, the the last player Klopp wants to get injured or any of us want to get injured and have to go off is, is Bobby. Um, I think we're agreed on that. He's the most, I think we all agree, the most integral uh, cog in the machine and, and pretty much irreplaceable. Um, so that's that's all right. That's thrown a, a curveball at Klopp and he's he's got to react. You know, he's got to make a decision uh, over the course of, what, 30 seconds or something, which 
which sub to bring on. And I suppose he just tries to go, you know, as... He tries to go like as, for like, but it's yeah, as far as like, removed like, from like for like as you could actually get. Yeah, but but yeah, absolutely. He tries to go as like for like as you can. The problem is, as we've just alluded to, it's very, very difficult to go like for like with Firmino. And there are a couple of things he could have done. He could have gone for Origi, uh, who who would have done more running, would have played, would have played on the shoulder, and is a more predictable forward. I think you you, you can say that probably possibly would have worked maybe a little better in the system. Having said that, Origi has started this season already and, and, and you know, was hooked after, I think, 60 or maybe even less. Well, uh, he starts at Wills and gets that, that goal in the FA Cup, doesn't he? That good goal he scores. Does he start or does he come on in that well, game? I think, he I, I think he starts that game. Fuck yeah. again. Everybody who doesn't start started that game, so I'm just imagining that he yeah. had. Yeah. yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did, but... Um, so there, there's that option, but I, I don't think any of us would have been. Um, I don't think any of us, when when Sturridge came on instead of a region, were going fuck's sake. You should have brought the Devok on. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's one of them, and uh, you know, we all have our opinions on Sturridge, and they've all changed over the years and whatever. But you know, on paper, you think, well, he's certainly capable of doing something. Problem is, he he, he kind of went missing. He's he's not really disciplined enough, and. He, you know the link. The link up just completely collapsed. Um, there is the option, as, as Chengis mentioned earlier, and probably the, the more um, the more palatable option would have been to to swap Salah inside and, and bring on Shakiri, perhaps. Um, but again, then you're you're you're, you're shuff, shuffling things around a bit. So I'm not I'm not necessarily convinced that I wouldn't have done storage or that I wouldn't have brought storage on at that point. You know, it's a, it's a perfectly reasonable change to make. It, it doesn't work. Um, but I think it's as as the game develops, and you mentioned Pereira for Herrera and, and Matic going up, Lingard going up. I think the big thing is second half. They they go four five one basically, and they sit in. And you know, I suppose as far as Solskjaer's con- uh, concerned, there's not really much else he can do. He can't make any more substitutions. He's he's got the hand that he's been dealt, and 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 they sit in and, and kind of hang on a little bit as as the game progresses. But we never. And guys, the question is is kind of getting that we never looked to really ask them any questions. Um, we kept, as as Chengis mentioned, we kept going for Milner, and I believe that was the plan. Having read a couple of articles to to get Milner isolated and have him as the spare man, and it it did work. It was working. The problem was. Uh, having engineered the space for him and, and him having made the run and, and whatever when he when he's arriving he's he's tired he's just about getting there he's having to bust the gut to get forward he's not delivering quality he's not picking anyone out I think he he only uh, picked out his own uh, or only completed three of his seventeen uh, crosses and I believe they they all came from corners um, so it was while part phase one of the plan was working to get him get him free and get him in space it was all breaking down because there was no delivery and there was no link up there um pers- personally my thing is and it goes back to Chengiz I I was calling out for Trent I, I don't know why Trent didn't start the game I do know why he wanted to put Milner in but I don't agree that it was a good move to put him in at right back and as time went on in the game we didn't we didn't as I say, ask any different questions. We didn't go, right, okay, well, you can't make any more moves. We're going to try this now, right? That's not working right. We're going to try this now. We just, we kind of 
fell into a bit of a, you know, we've seen this this one play out before kind of a mold. Um, but, you know, the one thing to be taken from it is we went back to the top, you know, and now we're a point clear with the same number of games having been played. And I think that that's all you can take from it. It's, it's a difficult one because defeat would have been a disaster. Victory would have been sweet, but at the same time, while you're three points clear, it's it's essentially two because you're you're so far behind on the goal difference that um, it's it's not that massive of a gap anyway. So I'm not hugely disappointed with the result. I'm more disappointed on how it panned out and how flat we were in the second half. And as you say, how we didn't really make the moves to to up the ante. You know, we didn't really make the moves to turn the screw and take advantage of of what was a depleted and and United team that, that was potentially there for the taking later on. So yeah, that that's the disappointment. But um, but yeah, I think the, the only two options would have been to bring on Divock in in a like for like substitution or move Salah inside and uh, or into the centre and, and bring on Shakiri. Uh, as it was, neither of those happened. We went for Sturridge, and then the other subs happened later on in the event we never saw Naby Kaida. We might come on to talk about that a, a bit more later. It, it seemed like a surprise. But again, I think that had we not had to make the Firmino substitution, we probably would have seen Kaida at, at some stage in the game uh, if it were if it were to have been necessary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, on, this, on the storage move at that point, I, I, I don't really hold that against Klopp. But as, as I say, I think it was a fairly reasonable move to make. Yeah, it's, I think it's reasonable too. On the face of it, but I'm going to be really honest with you, guys, I'm just fed up with it. I'm fed up with it. He doesn't offer anything. Immediately, he comes on, and his only real contribution was that ridiculous shot from out near the byline, practically from 35 yards. How are you going to score against David De Gea from there? I know, and it's not even what he does. I mean... It was our only shot on target, by the way. I know, it was. Yeah, but what's the fucking point? It was a pass back from 35 yards. Exactly, I mean... It just says um, something about our game, just just like how weak we were up front. I mean, um, the the only positive um, that I, I took from this game was that, um, you know, it was another clean sheet. You know, our, our defense, our back line was doing uh, quite well, especially with the offside traps and keeping their line. So, um, I, mean, I mean, we never looked in danger of losing the game. Yeah, so let's look at the, let's look at the positives then before we come on to talk about the the, the well the front two is it it kind of ended up panning out they're fairly impotent to be honest we start really really well the indirect free kick inside the box is a fucking shambles um, but it puts them on the back foot right away and I think we absolutely control the first half and I think we're well in control even before any of the injuries take place um, without really looking to threaten their goal and for the rest of the first half that momentum kind of got lost as you mentioned with the injuries then start of the second half United came out probably had a good 10 or 15 minutes would you say at the start of the second half I would say they 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 bossed the first 10 minutes of the second half anyway yeah and then we wrestled control back and they never they they never really looked to assert any authority in the game from that point on we kept Pogba unbelievably quiet. Um, Rashford, although we looked like he picked up a knock, but played on, wasn't in the game. And the only real moment of quality from, from either side is, is in an attacking sense is, is really Lukaku's, Lukaku's lovely little through ball and, and then, and then Alisson's great save. 
So Maddop, I think, had a great game. I'd like to talk about him. And I think certainly Fabinho and Wijnaldum in the midfield just show how far ahead in quality they are of the players that started the game and finished the game. So Tengis, you know, were those the guys that stood out for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that Allison save, um, the moment it happened, I, I, I immediately said, like, that, that's just like scoring a goal. So that, that was just absolutely brilliant. The way he. I was out of my seat celebrating that, like a goal. Exactly, yeah. I, we, we were fist pumping and stuff. That was just brilliant. I mean, to reach out that way and just so cleanly get the ball, because, I mean, even though when as a goalkeeper in that situation, you can totally and anticipate what's going to happen it's still not possible most of the time once once you're one on one against a good player that you know both of you know what's going to happen you know you can it's uh, but you know to to be able to reach out and and uh, actually get to the ball was absolutely fantastic by him not just anticipation but the way he actually stretches to get it so big up to Alison I, I I said earlier that you know he needs to up his game uh, just a notch and, you know, get back to his senses if if we're going to get something out of the game. And that, that was uh, one of, uh, a very crucial moment of the game. Um, I thought, you know, Robertson, he wasn't um, he wasn't there attacking uh, in an attacking sense because the game just didn't go through him and it's not his fault. And I thought he actually dealt really well with Lukaku. He he really disturbed him when um, at one point he uh, he had the header. He, he just like shrugged them off uh, slightly and uh, also he, he gets a crucial block uh, when they're both running uh, for the ball um, so I, I thought Robertson actually dealt with Lukaku's strength really well and apart from that yeah Genie as always you, you just you know that th- there was all this debate about yeah Ander Herrera gets in in front of Genie you know all these combined 11s and all this shit but um, yeah Genie totally showed um, you know what a fantastic player he is for us in midfield although I did think that he he looked a bit tired, and uh, it's not the first game now, and it's it's kind of weird because you know we just came back from uh, you know another break, and uh, obviously yeah we, he did have um, some illness and uh, some injury issues, but um, I yeah I I hope that he can maintain his energy levels because you know he's been our most consistent midfielder, and um, you know. Uh, if I would say together with Fabinho, he's one of the first people that come to my mind that should be on that team sheet uh, week in, week out. Um, and Fabinho, he was yeah, so calm as usual. It's just the guy, you know, he, he's he's really starting to settle in the team. And um, I think he could be the first on the team sheet at the moment ahead of everyone else. And um, yeah, let, let's just hope that um, all, all the guys stay uh, fit and healthy because, um, yeah, squeaky bum time now. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? Chief, I think I, I, I certainly do agree with Schenker. I said the midfield functioned really, really well. But when Aldum, it's just impossible to get the ball off the guy. Um, Fabinho's range of passing was was excellent, and you know they snuffed out any potential counter attack really that United had on offer, but. The front three, I think Mane was certainly poor. Firmino, I thought for the time he was on the pitch, he was kept quite quiet, but he was neat and he was tidy and he looked as though he was going to have one of those games where he really can influence things um, before he had to go off. 
And Salah, again, gives Shaw credit. He did well to marshal him, but, you know, you kind of think back to that one where he squares Matt up, who's limping on the edge of the box, and you're thinking, just do him. Just go buy him. You've got it in your locker to go buy him, even if he is fit because he's old and he's slow and he's an attacking midfielder. And Matt takes it off him fairly easily. Um, and I think the only shot he had was the the awful free kick, which was another point where I was thinking to myself, why on earth is Trent not playing? Um, yeah, we had no we had no set piece takers at all, and that was that was glaringly obvious. It was glaringly obvious from from the from the third minute whenever we get that indirect free kick. And yeah, it's a shambles, the isn't it? Of it. There's no invention whatsoever, and we just bladder it directly at the wall. Yeah, I mean the the Trent one's the 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 big one, but um, we we've we've talked through the the impact that that he could have had on the game from from various different various different angles, but we didn't have that midfield ball carrier and that guy who can commit players, which which you would hope that Kaido would have been able to do, which might have given the front three a little bit more to work with um, and certainly create a little bit more space from them. Pep Linders talked a few weeks ago in an interview that, you know, something they wanted to work on this this year was getting the ball to the, the front three quicker. I'm not sure we did that, but when the certainly Manny and Salah got the ball, they just didn't look like they were on it. Um, and it's maybe been like that. I know Manny's been on the score sheet and has had good games, but Fits and starts, maybe some people might say. Salah, there was stats around. Not, I think Arsenal are the only top six team he scored against this year, and and, and none against the the bigger sides in the Champions League either. So, have you a, a niggle and worry or concern there? No, not 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 as regards to the most Salah. I mean, he's he's got twenty goals in thirty five games this season. For us, so um, I'm not too worried. I think he's going to end the the season on on 30 plus goals again. Um, so I don't think there's necessarily anything to worry about there. I'm not surprised that he's not finding it. I wouldn't say as easy, but I'm not surprised that his numbers aren't as good. Uh, first of all, they were phenomenal, and it's very very hard to follow numbers like that. And secondly, you know, the teams know him a little bit more uh, and they know what he's capable of and they are regularly sticking three, four, five players on him. It's just, I mean, I think teams know how to play us a little bit more now as well. There there are very, very few teams that are willing to go toe-to-toe with us. And when when those teams are willing to do that, we, we generally come out on top no matter who that team is, whether, whether it's your PSGs or whether it's your Bournemouths. Um, more and more teams all the way up to Bayern Munich and Manchester City um, are looking to defend against this and, and stop us from playing, stop us from breaking out, stop us from getting in behind. As a consequence of that, you're, you're seeing that our, um, that our goal tally and our, um, yeah, our, our goals for it, it isn't as impressive as it was last year. Luckily, or if not luckily, then... Uh, yeah, uh, the good thing is, shall I say, we we have obviously uh, improved our defensive work uh, massively in the defensive side of our game, and that was very apparent again at the weekend, because as we mentioned earlier, we never looked like losing. Um, we caught them offside time and again from set pieces, and uh, other than that, we didn't look troubled really at all at the back, uh, save for the Allison 
um, the Allison intervention, which we've mentioned already. Um, <clears throat> up front, yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work yesterday, but there are a lot of factors at play. We've mentioned we've mentioned that the Trent has been a miss attacking wise in the last few games anyway, because he gives us so much more. We mentioned Bobby Firmino's gone off after half an hour and is probably been limping for the seven, six or seven minutes before that. And we, you know, we go to the midfield, and as you rightly say, there isn't that ball carrier there, that that player who, who commits uh, opposite players and goes past them, and therefore creates a space. The odd time that did happen, I can remember once actually when Matip did it, and um, almost looked like he was going to go all the way and uh, gets taken out. How Herrera doesn't get a yellow card there is absolutely beyond me, but uh, he didn't. Um, so when that did happen, the odd time it looked. It looked promising, but we didn't do that enough. Mo wasn't wasn't at his best. Mane wasn't at his best. None of the none of the attacking players were necessarily at their best. Bobby looked bright before going off. He had that one move, didn't he? That one moment where he he, he waits for the the two United players and then he bisects them and and puts Robertson in at the byline and Robo cuts it across and we don't have enough players in the box. Um, that's very early on. He could have scored in the first minute. He, I, I thought he was going to reach for that one. You know, yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought, it, I thought he could have reached for it if he just stuck out his leg. And yeah, but it, oh yeah, it's just in front of him. Yeah, I think so. I just, I'm just not sure what he does with the ball if he gets to it. You know, it, you know, De Gea is right on top of him. I think that did show our intent from the start, but I think we, yeah, and I, th- I think you're, I think we had intent, and and we looked. We didn't look on it, but we didn't look off it in the I first know. while. But the second half, we looked off it. Second half, it was just like, we don't know what to do here. We can't break this down. We're running out of ideas. We're getting frustrated. Yeah. Well, well, you know, actually, um, as, as you mentioned, Neil, you know, um, now teams are really starting to, you know, hold up again against us, like keep, keep, keeping low blocks. And, yeah. you know, we are top of the league and, you know, we are the best team in the league. So... Of course, they're going to do that. And I thought our game plan was actually good. I mean, when you look at the early minutes, um, the game plan was obviously to, you know, start really lightning quick um, and try and get that early goal. And once we have that goal, United would have no chance to sit back and, you know, wait for us to go at them because they would have to get a, get a goal. And, you know, that would expose them, which would fit our game plan perfectly. So... But, you know, with all those, all three substitutions being made in the first half and the first half being wasted away, and then they obviously have a whole different team. And that's that wasn't what we prepared for. So the game completely changed yeah. once that happened. So I think we were really unfortunate, actually. It was, as Klopp said at full time, what a shit game. Yeah, and I, I mean, that I think that's very fair. I mean, the game completely morphs into something else from what anyone was expecting it to be, including the two managers and, and probably the, the most of the players who line up. Um, so there is a lot of circumstance going on there. And I think that's probably why the game ended up being so strange and almost difficult to, to, to put a finger on uh, as to, as to how that, that ended up happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a lot to that, but it, it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing, but I think at the same time you kind of um, you take it as as a point for away at Old Trafford. You take it as top of the league, and now you look forward. I think to the 
to the next block of games and and what you can get from them. And you know, if you put a couple of wins together now, then that point looks good. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. Um, we we've tended to go four three three against the better sides, um, and generally it pays off to some extent. Um, but these better sides now, even the better sides now, have started to do what Bayern Munich did and do what Manchester United did, certainly in those two games anyway. Is it now getting to the point where the 4-3-3 and, and the counter-attack that Klopp has employed so successfully, are we getting to a stage where literally 99% of teams are just not going to allow us to play that way and completely adapt their style to us? And are we going to have to now find that 4-2-3-1 different ways of making that work against better opposition? Because it's all well and good playing that against Huddersfield, Cardiff, um, teams like this, but that has to work now against the top end back fours if they want to sit in like that. What are yeah, your thoughts? I, mean, I think I think there's an element of that. I mean, I think that's why we've employed it so often uh, this season already. Um, I mean, there's obviously there's um, we've talked about the Fabinho uh, element there and, and how that was his preferred system and maybe that played a part in um, in why we, we we've adopted it. But um, I think it was already, you know, it's already been apparent. It's already apparent to Klopp, even from before the, the time that he joined Liverpool, um, his last season at Dortmund, for example, that that you need to have more than one way to, to skin a cat. And, you know, there you can be brilliant, but at some point you, you may need to, uh, well, it's good to have options. You, you may need to employ a different tactic. Um, people may catch up with you a little bit. Other teams may catch up with you a little bit. Um, so I think that that's natural. Um, it's a natural progression. Uh, having said that, you can prepare for what Liverpool do uh, in their four-three-three, but when they do it to to their absolute best, it's very very difficult to live with. I mean, we've seen teams try to adopt a a very deep pack defence against us uh, in that formation, and, and when we've been on it, we've, we've still torn them apart. So. Just because you know what Liverpool are going to do, uh, sometimes, perhaps, just because you think you might know what they're going to do, doesn't mean you can necessarily stop it. Um, but yeah, it makes sense that we're going to need to we're going to need to employ other systems, other options, and, and the more ways you have to win, the better. Um, but it, it shouldn't be a problem for us, you know. We've got the personnel to to deal with it, and, and we've seen it work really well against. The um, smaller teams, the, the the teams in middle and, and, and bottom of the league. I mean, wasn't the um, yeah the, the the recent the recent point dropped or points dropped were the first time we hadn't won against a, a team uh, a team in the bottom fourteen of the league. So I mean, the four two three one has been working very very well there. You would imagine that at some point. Um, you know you're kind of perfecting it against the um, the the the, the um, smaller teams, uh, with a view to to being able to employ it um, as and when you choose. I would imagine against bigger teams as well. What do you think, Chengiz? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I've been thinking about this myself, and it's, it's just such a tough one, isn't it? Because, um, I mean, it's, it's no secret that with our 4-3-3, we do have a bit of um, predictability about us. And, you know, Mo Salah himself said uh, recently in an interview with uh, Jamie Carragher that, you know, players are now doubling down on him and it's not as as easy for him as it was last year because, you know, it was his uh, maiden season and um, he, he had the um, uh, the trade of surprise, if you like. So, uh, But uh, you're also right, Neil. I mean, uh, even if we are predictable sometimes, we're just unstoppable when everyone's um, on top of their game and when everyone is in sync. But um, I, I guess, um, you know, especially for the next game, uh, we have we probably will have to go with a four two three one and I I love the the way the team plays uh, in that in that system I think it's a fairly balanced one but it's slightly more attacking and I, I mean there's always now a kind of stigma nowadays that you know you need to have a three man midfield to you know be strong on the pitch and I, I mean that that might not necessarily always be the case but I think <clears throat> we we've just entered that part of the season where um, Klopp is maybe being um, a bit more cautious rather than adventurous uh, because you know it, he it's it's basically our defense that uh, is the reason why we're at top of the league right now. Um, you know when we had the the long patch of just not conceding any goals whatsoever, and um, you know I think now Klopp wants to get back to what it, what made us um, uh, do so well this season, and that is basically keeping clean sheets, making sure we have enough protect, protection. And uh, I'm just not sure if uh, 4-2-3-1 can offer us that protection uh, if we play it week in, week out. And I, But I, I definitely am for using it in certain games and using it regularly, especially maybe in the home games at the moment. And um, it would certainly be interesting to um, utilize it um, uh, against the big teams as well, because um, you know. Per, but then again, it's it's always difficult against the top sides because uh, you know that they, they w- with such quality, you know, especially in the Champions League or you know when when you're playing um, uh, Man United at Old Trafford, you know, would you? Be comfortable going there with a two-man midfield. I mean, considering we 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 went there with a three, but we still had some problems. So it's really kind of, yeah, yeah. I think I think the argument there is that you know maybe maybe you should have changed it, but at the same time, it's maybe not what he's prepared for. So is Klopp comfortable doing that because it hasn't been what they've been doing on the training pitch all week? Mm. Um, ideally. The scenario you want to be in is something like Ar- something like against Arsenal that we saw where they're able to interchange between the two, and the the, the guys on the pitch and the you know the Van Dijk's and the Wijnaldum's and the Hendersons are able to, to call it on the pitch to say right, let's do this now or whether Klopp calls it from the sideline. The problem that you have there on Sunday is that you don't really have the personnel to be able to do that. Um, without making at least one, maybe two substitutions. So again, it kind of brings us back to the the Kaida selection argument or the Sakiri being brought on earlier. But do you think that if that's to be the case, that maybe changes our transfer strategy going forward? Well, 
It's interesting because I mean you can you know you can talk about four two three one four three three and two man midfield three man midfield and um, but essentially you know essentially there is there isn't that much that much difference. I mean the systems can can kind of uh, morph quite and be, become quite fluid. You can switch between them as, as as you mentioned there, Dave. And I suppose it's really yeah again as you mentioned it's it, it's personnel, isn't it? And and if Kaida is on that pitch from the start at Old Trafford, you, you you've got more options for doing it. I mean I think if you've got a Fabinho and a Henderson sitting, or a Fabinho and Wijnaldum sitting. And then you you you've got options there in the three three in front. Say you're playing, say say Bobby Firmino is is injured, which he is at the moment. We don't know for how long. Hopefully it's not serious. But so he so you say you start Mo Salah up front against um against uh, Watford, isn't it? Watford. Um, and then you play you know you can play uh, Naby Keita, Sadio Mane, and Shakiri in the three behind Fabinho Henderson sitting. I mean I think you probably you probably got enough industry in there. To you know, to make up for your, for your extra man, so to speak, and and you've got Naby Keita on anyway, uh, who can kind of um, well certainly help out uh, the the two should they need help. I I like four two three one because it it gives us the opportunity to to use more attacking players, um, and it it um, it breaks down our our over reliance on Bobby Firmino. Actually, it it sort of in in my opinion anyway it um it just relieves a little bit of the over reliance that we have on him um because in the 4-3-3 we saw it when Sturridge came on we were talking could Origi have come on there i mean essentially we're looking for a for a Timo Werner literally a Timo Werner to maybe come in and, and be somebody who who can do what 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 Bobby does when uh when he's not available or or when he moves on or whatever uh, so you're talking a, a really top quality striker who's, who's you know got a lot of particular attributes that that you don't just find kicking around um, everywhere. So it's very difficult. Uh, well, not difficult, but it's going to be difficult to really replace Firmino in that four-three-three system. And I think I think that has been maybe a factor in in, in clubs thinking and, and why we lose four-two-three-one more often this year as well because then you need more. Of the of the three behind the one, if you see what I mean, and, and well, this is what yes, I'm going to say, Chief. Yeah. Do, do, do we maybe get back? And Chengas will bring you in here. Do, do you think you maybe get back to the point where? Do you remember we were being talked about as this team that was just wildly overstocked with number tens, and the word number tens all over the place. Although Whereas, we didn't really have any real number ten. Yeah, although we didn't really, but looking at it now. It's very plainly obvious that we don't have anything close to resembling a number ten. Not really. No. Not so really. It, we, we've got that in between player, or, or we want, you know, we've got maybe a couple of them in Shakiri and, and Kaida almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not a bona fide number ten. But I, th- I just think it, it opens it up. I mean, you talk about Divagarigi, for example. You can play him. As the one in a four-two-three-one, and not really have too many problems. He's he's probably going to do everything you need. You know, he's going to run the channels. He's going to hold the ball up. He's going to try and link. He's you know he's he's going to put himself about, and it's really what comes behind that and what links it all together. It becomes more than the sum of its parts, doesn't it? You know, you're playing the four there, and it doesn't have to be the number nine that, that's banging all the goals in. 
you know. In that yeah, country. I get that. I get that. I just, I just feel personally that again the issue is Firmino, but in the opposite way that what I don't do you think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, basically, I just don't think he. I just don't think he works in that in that number ten position because the space isn't being left in behind him because yeah. Salah's filling that space. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it just gives you the option, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking about Bobby being out at the moment, so I mean, if if you can do both, it it, it gives you the option. Um, yeah, I just I think know, if, I just think in a number ten position, you need somebody who's who's going to get the ball and turn and face defenders and square defenders up, and that as as many attributes as as Firmino has, I don't think that's one of them, and that's the concern that I'd have in playing him consistently in that area of the pitch. No, I mean, I think you'd be you probably be looking at a Naby there, wouldn't you? You know. Um, yeah, but again, you're you're then maybe restricting what he can do because. You know, he's all about being all over the pitch and he's all about being two players at once and, and picking the ball up and driving from deep. So he, he I is, don't know whether... He is, but he is good in that in that number 10 as well. Um, but, I mean, as far as transfers go and and so on, I mean, I don't really think so. I think we're, we're going to be in the market for a top-class striker anyway because we've all mentioned the over-reliance on Firmino and, and that, that's not changing anytime soon unless we sign a striker. I think it's been well touted that we're in the market for a striker, so I don't think that'll change. Will we look to add more quality in 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 those positions that could potentially play in the three behind? Then I would say yes, because they could also potentially play in the in the one on on either side as well. Um, I think we will will look for another <clears throat> attacking midfielder, shall we say, in inverted commas or forward in inverted commas, and and we'll look for for a striker. Um, but I don't think that that's really changing our our transfer policy or anything like that. Uh, I think we we mentioned already we kind of boxed off the midfield last summer, and the defense is is looking okay. We probably need one more in there at centre back. Boxed off the goalkeeper, full backs interesting. Uh, Adam Lewis signed a, a new contract, I believe, last week or a couple of weeks ago. So left back looks looks okay. Uh, Trent at right back, maybe need a bit of cover there. But no, I don't think so, ostensibly. I think we'll still be going in for our striker, and um, hopefully we get him. Okay. So, on to Watford then, Wednesday night. They're coming thick and fast now after a couple of long breaks. They have a really good win at the weekend, albeit away to a Cardiff side who, let's face it, aren't very good at all. Um, was that 5-1 it finished? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Delafoe yeah. got a got a hat trick. got a hat trick. Um, so that kind of says it all. Um, he wasn't even good enough to stay at Everton. So um, <laughs> they're coming on a wee bit of a high. I guess we're maybe you know, coming off the back of you know it's 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 four it's four results in our last five. Is that right? I'm just thinking yeah. that off the top of my head. It's four draws out of the last five, I believe. Yeah, That's four, wasn't it? Yes, it is. All competitions, yep. Four in the last five. We really do need to to get a, a get a, any sort of win at the moment under our belts, I think. Because um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of starting to get the feeling that it, between us and City, it's nearly who blinks first now with, with what, 11 games to go? Definitely. I mean, at, at this point in time, I really... I mean, of course, it would be important to... Um, 
possibly win with a clean sheet, but it really, really doesn't matter uh, regardless of the scoreline or, um, uh, you know, if we keep a clean sheet or not. It really doesn't matter. Uh, we just really need those three points. And um, Watford is going to be um, quite difficult because, um, you know, they the recent form is pretty good. And in the last 10 games, I think they won six, they drew three, they lost one. And um, uh, from uh, from the top six clubs that they played, um, they they lost against um, City, Spurs, and Chelsea. But they lost two one all three games, so they managed to get a score against all three of them. Um, we obviously beat them early on in the season, um, but it's it's still going to be um, quite a big test. You know, they're they're, they're seventh um, in the league above Wolves on goal difference. Um, they're four points clear of um, ninth spot West Ham, who play City at the Etihad. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, De Olofeo, he, he, yeah, he couldn't make it at Everton, and that says something. But he still has quite a lot of pace, and he gets the hat trick. So uh, we, I think, we have to be um, wary about him. And uh, Dini got the other two goals. Dini's kind of a scary player, isn't he? I mean. <laughs> Even uh, even just his appearance is kind of scary, but he did say that you know Van Dyke was um, the toughest player he's uh, come up against. So um, it's not just going to be us that's facing a test, but it's going to be Watford as well. Um, but you know the the advantage is that um, it's going to be at Anfield, and I'm pretty sure the the crowd are going to be there. Um, you know, the, the, I thought the the fans looked um, pretty pretty on their game and. Um, quite quite happy at Old Trafford after full time. I'm pretty sure the Anfield crowd will um, uh, really be up for it, and they should be, because uh, the team will need every bit of support to you know try and get over the line. Um, and uh, I guess Watford will um, do what every other team would do uh, when they face the uh, league leaders um, at their stadium. So they'll probably sit back, and uh, we just have to. Be very patient and um, uh, try to come up with uh, different ways of um, trying to win the game if things don't work out, and not just continue insisting in some way, uh, in the same way. So I'm hoping that um, you know it, it, it might not be a game where there will be too many clear-cut chances created, but uh, we definitely have to be clinical on the day. Uh, maybe throwing in an additional attacker, sw- uh, switching the system up a bit. Um, would help us because obviously it would, it would most probably either be um, Divok Origi starting up front or it would be Mo Salah and Shakiri on the right. So, yeah, I, I'm just hoping that, you know, we um, uh, get back to, you know, uh, being calm. We, we play at home. Forget about what happened at Old Trafford. I mean, remember what you, uh, what we could have done and uh, the chances that we created and, Use that as um, as an advantage and try and bounce back from um, not taking the chances and um, try and focus and um, get that goal possibly in the first half and things should be easier afterwards. I think if if we manage to get an early goal, that throws Watford's game plan out of the window. So yeah, I think we we we're all crave an early goal. Um, any sort of goal actually after the last two games would be great. Chief Javi Gracia. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. He's he's doing a good job. He's lasted longer than twelve months, so he must the be the longest serving Watford manager. Yeah. In the league, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ph- phenomenal at uh, that club. 
So, you know, Chengis has alluded to the position on the league table there. People are fawning over Wolves this year and they're outperforming them. He's got a big physical side and I think something that we certainly do have now that we might have lacked in, in previous years is that physicality, which is great. But they also play, I think, something resembling a, a, a 4-2-2-2 sort of yeah. shape. And, and it's it's they, they play very, very narrow and they make it really difficult for you to go through the middle of them. Um, so how do you think Klopp's going to approach this one? First day on the team sheet, Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, well, it would be mine anyway, definitely. I mentioned. I think we suffered massively from not having him there. I think we'll we'll appreciate him all the more when he when he comes back. And I think I think that's a key. We'll get round the outside of him. And Trent, Trent get to the byline, and and that's what we'll be looking to do. I think get Robertson and Trent round the back of them, and get into the byline, cutting it back. Yeah, I, Watford I, I, are, you know, just just to talk about them for a second. Um, they're Javi Garcia has done done a really good job because they did at a point earlier in the season where it looked like the wheels had fallen off a wee bit and they, they lost the three games in a row or something, and you wondered, okay, is this the is this the typical decline? You know, good good first sort of third or uh, maybe good first half of the season, and then it, then it starts to come come off. But as Cheng has said, they've lost one, I think, in their last eleven games or something, uh, which is bloody good going. And they're going uh, well in the cup too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know they're they're solid. I mean, they're them and Wolves are, are pretty much evenly matched. I've sort of seen quite a lot quietly of, of each of them at, um, across the season, a couple of games, full games each, and. They're quite reminiscent of each other. They're both quite physical, yet skillful. Um, they both play compact football. You know, they're both at that level where they could be said to be the seventh best team in the league and certainly the best of the rest. Uh, that, that, that position that your West Ham's, your Everton's and so on have been trying to, to nail down, but, but can't quite do it. So it's teams this season, but I don't think they've actually come out on top in, in any of the games. Um, and with us being at home, I would fancy us to to beat them. I think it um, it probably does us a bit of good that they come to us in good form because they might be tempted to have a go. As Jenga said, they're already in seventh place, um, and you know they may see it as not not a free one, but it, but in in a sense, in in essence, a little bit of a you know a, a less pressurized game. They're not expected to win. They'll come. They'll they'll um, give it. Give it their all and see what happens. You'd expect Liverpool to have too much for them, and um, I could see us getting the, getting an opportunity or two against Watford. I mean, I could see Watford scoring against us. We could win win a three one or whatever. But I think we we beat them three 0 at their place. Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And normally it's 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 quite tough for us going there. We didn't have any such problems this year. Um, so. I don't envisage too many problems. Having said that, it's by no means an easy game, but I would definitely back Liverpool to to win that. And as I say, I think the key, as you mentioned, because they play so narrow, will be getting round back. Um, I like to see Salah start up front personally. I like to see us go four two three one, um, but we'll see what happens. Okay, um, I think last year we absolutely battered them, don't we? It's five one, I think. Yeah. Um, Salah gets four. Um, so yeah, that'd be that, nice. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. So on that, then, guys, um, what are your predictions? Well, um, 
I suppose I'll go. Yeah, I suppose I'll just go 2 0. Okay, fair enough. Jengis? Um, I'm going to go 3 1. Okay, I'm going to go on nervy, but getting back on the reels 2 1. I fucking hope it's not that, but I'll take it. I'll take three it. Three points is three points. Though. Three points is three points. It's all about it's all about how it happens. I was a fucking wreck sitting watching that at the weekend, hungover, still trying to get my first pint down me from the night before. It was one of those games where you watched it back and you were like, I have absolutely no idea why I was worried other than would we score? Um, because let's face it, we're just we we are so much better than them, and yeah. I think that that's probably why um, this year. With that Manchester United team and the way the game panned out and how vital every point is at the moment and how little room for error there is, that it's ultimately strange, strange feeling coming away from Old Trafford with a nil-nil after pretty much bossing the game. It is what it is, I think. Guys, anything to add before we wrap things up? Liverpool, top of the league. Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. Yep, so here's uh, here's us signing off. We'll see you, Watford, on up the top of the table, Reds. <laughs>